everyone. This is Dr. April Murdaugh here with the Becoming a Financially Confident Woman podcast. Today, I want to talk with you about a topic that I've heard many people uh, talk about, uh, and that is DIY financial planning. You know, people are concerned about hiring a financial planner, a financial advisor to handle their retirement accounts and the investment accounts. And there has been a surge of do-it-yourself financial planning. And today I kind of want to break down the whys and maybe the why not. And you can decide for yourself if you should be a DIYer. And if not, then uh, maybe at the end of this, we can talk, you can communicate with me or reach out to me and we can chat about what it means for you to do your own financial planning or if you need help. And so, you know, today I want to talk about, I just want to outline the five reasons that most people say that doing it yourself is a good idea. And I am definitely not opposed to that. I know that I should be biased, right? I should be someone that's saying, no way, there's no way you should do your own financial planning. But guess what? If it works for you and it makes sense for you, then I say go ahead and do it. I mean, I exercise, I go to the gym. And before, you know, when I first began doing this, I started myself. I just started walking and starting started teaching myself how to run on my own with podcasts and some some headphones in my in my ears. And I would run literally from one lamppost to the other on my own, out of breath, like I was going to fall out by the time I got to that second lamppost. But I started on my own. I started exercising and I started running by myself. And then I realized after a while that I needed the help of some coaches. I needed to be in a more structured environment. And that's when I started going to the gym and and doing those other things. So I say to you today, I am not saying, and please, this podcast is not in any way uh, to convince you that you should have a financial advisor. What this is going to do for you today is kind of lay out the pros and cons, and then you make the decision for yourself, which make, you know, what makes sense for you, and then take it from there. So Let's talk about the reasons why people do it themselves. I mean, why do people um, handle their own finances and do their own financial planning and their investments and their retirement planning? And and the main reason that I hear uh, that people do this on their own is because they want to save money. Um, Let's face it, like financial advising, financial planning is not something that is free. Um, you do have to pay for it. Either you're going to pay by either uh, the assets that the person is managing, there is a percentage of the assets, a fee that they charge, or they'll charge you an annual planning fee. And in some cases, if there are solutions or products that need uh, that you may need to solve some of the problems or meet some of the needs that you have, then there'll be a commission that the person will earn to to help you find those solutions. So people who do it themselves say, hey, it's cheaper for me to do it on my own than to pay an advisor 1%, which is typically the average. The average 
a fee to manage money is, is around 1%. Sometimes it's more depending upon how much the, the advisor is managing. But, you know, folks say, hey, I don't, I don't want to pay that fee. Or, hey, I can create my own financial plan and do it myself and save the money. And you are perfectly well within your right to do that. But that is the the most the reason I hear that folks, you know, do it themselves is, you know, I can do the same thing they can do. Um, I can go to Mr. Google and I can find out everything that I need about my financial portfolio and how to plan and how to manage my investments. Why should I pay someone to do that? And again, you're within your right. I do know that is the main reason that people decide to do it themselves. The other reason that I hear um, is that people want to be hands-on. You know, they, they feel like they want to be more involved in their investments and how it's managed and, and picking the investments, uh, the strategies, the funds, the stocks, the bond trading, all of that. They want to be involved. They want to be hands-on in that process. And so instead of trusting it to someone else, they want to do it. And so they take on that responsibility. And again, I say kudos to you. Um, there is a lot to learn. There is a lot to do depending upon you know, what you're investing for, uh, what the purpose is, how much, all of those things. But it is, it's, hey, it's your money. And so I believe that you should be hands-on with your money. I believe that as an investor, you should not leave your money up to someone totally to manage for you, that you should be hands-on. Now, if you're doing it yourself, you're going to be all hands-on. And we'll talk later about how that can impact you. But I definitely agree that you should be hands-on. You should know what you, where your money is invested. You should know what's going on with your money. And people who are DIYers tend to want to be very involved in that process. And again, well within your rights, because I always say to my clients, it is your money. This is not my money. This is your money. You work for it. You are working for it. And my responsibility is to stay within your values and to do the things that you need me to do to help you achieve your financial goals. But it is your money. And at the end of the day, you have a say in what happens to your money, where it is invested, how it is spent. And I, I can't tell you um, how important that is. So being hands-on uh, with your money, being involved is another reason why I hear that DIYers do it because they don't trust. They don't want anyone else to do it. They want to do it and they want to know where every T and every I is dotted. The other thing, the other reason, the third reason I hear is that they enjoy it. You know, there are people who are super duper analytical and uh, really want to spend a lot of term, time learning and investing and, and managing and growing their, their assets or learning how to do that. And so they enjoy it. They truly enjoy learning about the market, understanding how it works, and understanding how to make decisions in a way that will help them or at least know how to manage their assets. So they learn and they grow. And listen, I am someone who is stimulated by learning myself. I always like learning new things. I like growing 
uh, intellectually, emotionally, uh, and definitely financially. So, you know, enjoying it, doing it because you enjoy enjoy it is a very good reason for you to be hands-on with your investments, to be a DIYer. The next reason, the fourth reason that I hear that people do it themselves is they don't trust advisors. Um, I know that this industry, along with many others, there have been people in the industry that have not done right or have not made the best decisions by their clients. They haven't listened to them. They may have done things that, you know, clients were uncomfortable with. We all heard about Bernie Madoff and we, we hear, you know, routinely about how people may operate, you know, without any ethics, without any morals. And unfortunately, uh, that has occurred in, in this industry. And I am really sorry that, you know, there are some bad apples out here who have done things with no integrity, with total disregard for what their client wanted, who acted selfishly. And um, I don't really have anything to say. I understand how you could feel nervous about that. Um, I understand how you could be concerned about what you've heard or maybe your friend have experienced or maybe even you. Maybe you had someone that you were dealing with that wasn't on the up and up, uh, you didn't feel comfortable with or made some decisions or did some things with your money that you didn't feel was right. And I, the only thing I can do is apologize to you on behalf of those people this industry is not like that. Everyone in this industry is not like that. There are those of us who truly care about our clients and who are focused on what our clients want and helping them achieve their financial goals. But I get it. I totally understand, you know, um, having had a bad experience, having heard about a bad experience and being very nervous to trust someone that is that is huge, and I, I don't take it lightly. I believe as a financial planner, as a fiduciary for my clients, it really is not about me. It is always about them, but I know there are people where it was about them and not about their clients, and for that, I apologize. But again, I can understand why you might want to be a DIYer, if you've heard of something like this or if something like this has happened to you. And then the fifth reason I hear is it just may not be affordable. I mean, right now in your life, in your financial life, you may not have the assets that that requires you to pay for someone to help you. You may not have the income that will require you to pay someone to help you. It just depends um, so, you know, doing it yourself, a lot of times people say, look, I, I can't afford it. It's just not affordable uh, to me right now to do that. And I say, if you feel that way, by all means, do it yourself. You know, there are, I will say this, though, there are those of us out here who, you know, we, we operate on different in different ways. Um, we charge different in different manners. Some folks just you know, charge a fee for managing assets. And some folks charge a fee every year just to provide advice and meet with you and review your portfolio. So it just depends on what your finances looks like. But I've heard that folks say, hey, I'm going to do it myself. 
because it is not affordable for me to do. And, you know, that's a good way to start out, I'll be honest. Like, if you're just dipping your toe in this water and you, you your finances may not be where you want them to be, starting yourself could be a good way to get started, you know. And then as you start working on things yourself, you can determine, huh, is this something I want to continue doing? Is this too much? And then we can talk about those other options. But those are the main reasons that I hear people say that they want to be a DIYer. Um, they they want to save money. Um, they want to be more hands-on. They actually enjoy it. They love it. They want to learn. They want to grow. Um, they're stimulated by learning. And this industry is fascinating to them. So they enjoy doing it. Others, uh, there's a lack of trust. May have heard of some bad things that have happened. Um, may have had an experience themselves that left a bad taste in their mouth. And lastly, it just may not be affordable. You may be at a point in your life where either you're just getting started in the workforce or, you know, your income and your assets are just not enough based on how you see it to invest in getting someone to help you to make it grow and work with you to get to to meet your financial objectives. And those are all valid reasons. You know why they're valid? Because they're your reasons. And your reasons are important to you. So I say to you, if you feel like that's you know, these are the reasons, or if you have other reasons as to why you don't want anyone else to do it for you, by all means, go ahead and do it. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, I will speak for myself as a financial advisor. I probably don't work very well with people who are DIYers, you know, because of the level of involvement and accountability and support that I provide my clients. If you are a true DIYer, we may not gel well. You know, I may not be the advisor for you. There are some advisors out there who are supportive of DIYers, meaning you can be a DIY uh, you know, person and meet with an advisor once a year or just have them look over your stuff and see if you're doing everything okay and kind of give you that, you know, maybe that stamp of approval or give you some insight <clears throat> as to what your strategy is and what they may see. Maybe they can give you some advice on how to do things a little bit differently or, you know, just give you a little bit of oversight on what you're doing and and give you clarity as, as to if you're, you know, trending in the right direction. So there are advisors out there who do that. Unfortunately, I am not that advisor. I am kind of the all or nothing person. And I want everybody to get the right type of help, the help that they need, the help that's going to be best for them. So doing it yourself is a really good option for those who can and for those who want to invest the time and the resources to do it. So let's talk about that because doing it yourself sounds great. And with Mr. Google, there's a lot of information out there. Just got to make sure you're going to get the right information for your specific situation. So that's always going to be something you need to consider. But then let's look at the, the other side of this. Like, why would you hire 
a financial plan planner? Why would you have a financial advisor in your corner? And so let's talk, let's look at it. We, we, we DIYers do it because they want to save money. But why would you hire someone to save money? Let's look at it from this perspective. So you say, well, why, how would I save money? I'm spending money to get someone to help me. And if I do it myself, that's money I do not have to spend. Yes, you don't, you may not have to spend the tangible money, but let's talk about something called the cost benefit analysis. The cost benefit is just not necessarily the money or the check that you write or the money coming out of your account, but your time equals money. And as a financial planner myself, it could take anywhere from 10 to 25 hours or more just to create a financial plan for a client. So I have a process where I meet with clients, we determine if there's synergy, and if there is, then we do a, what I call a financial GYN session. And those can be two sessions, three sessions, where we spend two hours or more digging through what their finances to understand where they are currently. And then I take all that data and I build a plan as to where they want to be. And that can take, like I said, 10, 25 hours. And depending on the client, the level of the income and the assets, it could be even more time just to build the plan. Now, if you calculate how much you make an hour and you break that down and you say you spend just to develop a plan that says we're going to do A, B, and C, 25 hours of your time to do that. And then out at once that is done, we're talking about now implementing the strategies, implementing the objectives, um, working with the vendors to make sure that we can find solutions for you. We're talking about staying up to date on the knowledge, on the new services, on the new resources, on the new products. Um, maintaining our, your expertise, that is also additional time. You have to understand the, what the, econom the economy is doing and the different indicators and all of those things are involved in financial planning. And as a DIYer, you kind of got to stay up to date with what's going on in the industry, politics, um, local and national politics, international politics, um, those the decisions that are made in our country, laws that are passed, controversial things all impact your finances. And as a financial advisor, we have to stay abreast of those things so that we can properly advise you, our clients. And that takes time. That takes time. And sometimes you can quantify it and sometimes you can't. It's just what we do. Right. And so as a DIYer, you would have to stay abreast of what's going on in all those different pockets. And as a financial planner, we this is our job. We are obligated to do this. This is our responsibility so that we can properly advise you, our client. So why would you want to hire someone like us? Well, when we quantify, if you try to quantify the time you would spend 
just building a plan, the time you would spend gaining the knowledge, the time you would spend developing a portfolio, well, you may or may not have that time. You have to determine that by doing a cost-benefit analysis, right? And the other thing with this is this is not like a one-shot deal, so we're not trading just to get money or quick turnover. When when I do financial planning, this is long-term strategy planning. So every quarter I'm looking at accounts, I'm paying attention to what's going on in the world, not just, you know, a one-and-done situation. So understanding that, that may be a reason why you want to hire a financial planner is looking at the time that you have to spend learning about these things and implementing those strategies, staying up to date, staying current with what's going on in our world that can impact your finances is maybe a reason why you say, hmm, you start out first doing this, but now, you know, this is getting a little more complex. I may need to get someone on my team. So that may be a reason why you want to hire someone. The second thing is, you know, we talked about a DIY or wanting to be hands-on. You know, one of my rules with my clients is they have complete 100% access to their money because it is their money. They are able to see their accounts. Right now with FinTech, you can download apps. You can get text message alerts. There are so much, there's so much visibility in with your money that there is no reason for you not to know what's going on if you have an advisor. So if your advisor doesn't give you that level of visibility, that's a problem. You still can be hands-on as and have a financial advisor on your team. Now, some advisors may say, you know, we're not going to change the strategies every month, but hands-on mean, being, means that you can see what's going on with your account. You can see how the market is doing. You can see how your the, the volatility and the fluctuations in your account. And you should have that level of visibility. And I'm talking real-time visibility, okay? So you still can have that if you have a financial advisor. And in, in some instances, some advisors, you know, you meet with them depending upon the level of engagement. It could be once every quarter or it can be twice a year, right? And so you meet, you review your accounts, you see what's going on, you learn more about you. What has changed? Has your values changed? Are you nervous? Do you, what adjustments need to be made? You know, so having that communication with that advisor, you know, at least twice a year, sometimes four times a year at the end of every quarter, looking at your accounts with them, talking through what's going on in your financial life is extremely important. Now, again, for those services, you, you'll have to pay for those things, and that's part of the work that we do, but you still have visibility. And again, going back to the time, you know, you can have it real time on your, your phone or you can log into your website. My clients have their own personal financial website, so they can literally log into their personal financial website see all of the accounts they have with me 
all of the accounts they do not have with me, see their net worth, all of their assets, everything that they have in the way of finances is linked there. So total visibility is important and that gives you the hands-on that you need. So yes, if you want to be hands-on and you're a DIYer, but you're considering, hmm, maybe a little much, know that you can still have that level of hands-on, that visibility that you want and you need if you have a financial advisor in your corner. So that's the second reason. Another reason why you may want to hire a financial planner is the learning aspect. You know, DIYers do it, right? We said they do it because they enjoy it. They want to learn. They want to grow. It's fascinating to them. You know, one of the things that I find when people come to talk to me is they may have met with other advisors um, and they speak with them and they feel like the advisor is talking over their head. They're like, oh, my gosh, I have no clue as to what they said. They said I was going to put something in the ABC and the IRD and the GFH. And they were completely clueless as to where their money was going, what was going on, what was the, what the purpose of these accounts they had. Um, and, and they just were clueless. They felt like um, they were talking over their head. They felt uh, intimidated. Uh, they felt that maybe in some instances they were being judged because they may not be where they should have been financially. You know, uh, we have these numbers and we have these, uh, you should have this much saved and X amount of dollars put away in this account and these folks may not be there yet. And so they felt intimidated. They felt nervous. They didn't understand the the communication was just over their head. And so one of the things that I say to my clients is, listen, if you're going to meet with me, if we're going to work together, one of my rules is we do not execute unless you understand what we're talking about. Not just understand. I don't need you to shake your head and say, yes, I get it. But I need you to feel so comfortable about what we do together where, you know, let's say you and your girlfriends are having brunch. And you're over remote talking, you know, mimosas and, you know, you start talking about an IRA or Roth 401k that you have and that you're putting X percentage away and, you know, because you can access it tax free when you retire. I want you to be that comfortable so that you can articulate it and with your friends. Right. So if you decide to do that. So I don't want you to feel like you, you don't understand what we're doing. We cannot execute. We cannot open accounts. We cannot put money anywhere if you don't understand where it is. And then not only that, everything that I do with my clients, once we decide to do it and you give me the green light and you give me the indication that you understand, I put it in writing. So I literally write out after we meet this is the recap of the meeting. This is where it's going to go. This money's going to go. This is what it's supposed to do. This is the purpose. This is a type of account. Everything is written out for you so that you can have it for your records. So even if you may, you may forget or you need to refer back, you would have a point of reference. So that is extremely important. So 
you can learn with your advisor. Your advisor needs to be patient enough to explain to you what they are advising you to do with the resources, the assets that you have. And you just do not execute until you understand it fully. And if you don't understand it, you say, well, hold on, I don't understand it. And either ask them to put it in writing, right? Or tell them you need a minute so that you can understand it and you can't execute until that happens. Listen, a patient advisor, someone who respects you, will will do everything possible to make sure that you understand what they're going to do with your money. And if they don't give you that level of visibility, if they don't give you the level of patience that you need and the support that you need, then, hey, you may want to do it yourself or find another advisor. But I truly believe that you can learn, you can still learn with an advisor as part of your team. And if you don't get that, then you find someone who will, because this is your money. This is not our money. You are trusting us to help you to make decisions that will help you achieve your financial goals. That is our job. You are hiring us to do that. And so we have to make sure that we articulate our recommendations in a way that you understand. So that is the learning part, right? So if you you want, you still, you say, oh, well, I don't want to do it myself. I want to hire an advisor. You can still learn with an advisor as part of your team. The other reason why you may want to get an advisor and not be a DIYer is having an objective, unbiased point of view. You know, when you're doing things yourself, it's really hard for you to be objective. It's really hard for you to step back because your emotions are involved. You really, really want to do it. And when you have an advisor, they, I mean, they care about your emotions, but they're really focused on what your values are and what your objectives are. And if what you want to do may not be congruent with those values that you say you have and those objectives, you know, that you say you have, then they they can be the unbiased objective party to say, well, no, that's not going to work this way. Or that may not be the best thing to do to achieve this objective. And it may give you another perspective on how to do things. So when you have someone that is outside of yourself, that can critique and can give you credible expert advice as to what to do, that could be extremely beneficial. You know, they, you know, they always say, you know, go get a second opinion. Um, I, I tore my meniscus and I went to one orthopedic uh, surgeon and then went to another to get two opinions, unbiased people who didn't have any skin in the game to tell me what to do, to advise me of the best course of action. When you have an advisor on your team, that's what you have. You have someone that can provide you the best course of action in an unbiased, objective manner. So that could also be a reason why having an advisor on your team, it may be a lot, a little bit better than being a DIYer. Because if you're just doing it yourself, like I said, it's just you and the information that you were able to pull. 
And sometimes what tends to happen is we gather information that supports what we want to do. A lot of times that tends to happen. And so when you have someone outside of yourself, they're not going to do that. They're going to gather information that's going to support what both sides, right? They're going to look at the pros and the cons of each action and then give you their best advice. At least that's what should be happening. So, you know, having an advisor on your team that could provide you that that objective, unbiased advice. The fifth reason why you may want to have an advisor on your team as opposed to being a DIYer is the available resources. You know, Mr. Google and Mrs. Google can can only give you but so much information. Um, and they, they do have government websites out there to give you information, but advisors have a wealth of resources. I mean, I say all the time to my clients, by the time the stock comes out or the fund comes out and, and it's publicized, it's old. It's, it's old news. Like it's, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, so if you're watching the television, you're making decisions that way and, you know, what's the hottest stock and what's the hottest new trend coming out, that it's already, typically it's old already. So as advisors, we get a lot of information a lot of times before it becomes public or there are times where it's just so much information, it's so hard for it to be public. And so based on the values and the goals of our clients, we may be able to find resources to help them meet those goals and objectives that will not even be publicized. It's not even out there in the public, it may not even be Googleable, if that's such a word. So making sure that you work with someone that has available resources. You know, being a DIYer, you may not have all of the resources that we as financial advisors and planners do. So, you know, things like, you know, long-term investing focus and, you know, those sorts of things. We have, there's so many resources out there. And we can crap, find so many solutions for our clients. So um, having someone that has their finger on their hand, on the pulse of the industry to be able to provide resources to you is very important. So being a DIYer can be good, but you may have limited access to the things that you may need to satisfy your financial goals. You know, and, and a lot of advisors, I will say, are, and I, I can't, well, I can't say a lot, but myself, if I speak just for me, um, I am focused on long-term investing. So my, the clients that I work with, the women that I work with are focused on, listen, I want to invest so for an objective. It could be college or retirement or long-term care or to quit so I can care for an elderly elderly parent or if I want to stay at home for the first five years after having my child, we do planning that way. So if you're one of those folks that are, you know, day traders and, you know, you want a quick fix, then you may be better suited for a DIY. It might be that you are a DIY investor. 
But I know for myself, I work with clients that have an objective and we work towards that objective and it's not a quick fix. So it's not, you know, quick turnover. I don't uh, tell my clients that I'm going to beat returns or we're going to have, you know, X amount of return guarantees and all that crazy stuff. That is not something that I engage in. And a lot of advisors won't do that. I hope they're not out there doing that. But that's also a benefit of having an advisor on your team is that they are focused on the specific goals that you have. And even as a DIYer, you can do that too. But as I stated, and you know, the other reasons are there's so many resources out there and there's so many things that we can do that a lot of times individuals don't have access to or even knowledge of. So those are the reasons why you may want to hire a financial planner. So real quickly, let me go back over it. Cost benefit, right? The time it takes to to develop a plan, to implement the strategies, to review the to build the portfolio, review the portfolio, and making sure everything is consistently in line with your values and your objectives. Um, the hands-on aspect of things, right? You still want to be hands-on. You still can as a if you hire a financial planner. Uh, you still should have the level of visibility and access to your accounts to see what's going on. So that should be still with a financial planner. Learning and growing uh, at professionally, right, and understanding what's going on with your accounts. You should still be able to do that. If you were to hire a financial planner, it is it's definitely our job to keep you updated with what's going on with your accounts and to take into a consideration what's going on in the world and in the economy. And that helps us to help to advise you. Right. And again, that's where I tell you that if you don't understand it, we do not execute. Right. So anything that we do together, you must understand what's going on, even if it has to be put in writing, then get it put in writing. Um, the other reason, the fourth reason is having someone that's objective on your team, someone that has an unbiased point of view. Right. Someone that is not myopic. Uh, this can cannot see the forest for the trees. You want somebody that has a, a broad view, of, an objective view, and that can give you the answers that you need and remove their subjective, their feelings and the things they should do out of it and really focus on you, your values, and your financial goals. And then lastly, the resources that we have. We have tons of resources at our fingertips, at our disposal. We have each other in the industry. So we formulate groups to, to discuss cases and to better serve our clients. We engage in continuous professional development so that we can stay abreast of what's going on in the industry uh, with the products and the services and the resources that we can offer our clients. So those are just five reasons why you may want to consider hiring a financial planner and then five reasons why you may want to be a DIYer. Listen, there is no right or wrong way to do this thing. You have to do what's best and what's comfortable for you. That's the main thing. You know, with my clients and when I talk with potential clients, one of the words that I use all the time is synergy. 
you know, because when we talk money and we talk your finances, you need to make sure that you have synergy with a person that you're working with. You need to make sure that you can be vulnerable with them, that you can share that all of the accounts that you have, all of the money that you have, um, everything that you have on the way of assets and liabilities, right? You need to be comfortable enough to share that with them. Because if you don't, then we're at a disadvantage and we cannot help you help yourself. So that is an extremely important aspect of that. And if you don't feel comfortable yet, then being a DIYer may be a good way to start. But if you do, you find that person that you can be comfortable with that won't judge you, that won't make you feel uncomfortable, that will not talk over your head, then they're out there. And I, and I you know, that's an option. You know, I suggest you pursue that option as well. Look at both options. See which one works best for you. The other thing I want to add to this is, you know, a lot of times people say, well, why do I need to hire a financial advisor if, you know, I don't really have any extra money outside of what I do at work. I have my work 401k or 403b or 457 plans. I have my, and I'm giving my money there. I mean, or my TSP, like, why do I need a financial advisor? And, you know, you, you may need someone, again, to look at the accounts and be objective to make sure that what you're invested in is in line with what your goals are. You know, is it still, you know, where you want to be? You know, maybe you started the account when you first started the job and you're 10 years in and you have not made any changes or adjustments, making sure that you're properly diversified. Uh, there are companies who have uh, what you call um, advisors that work with you. And then if there is not, then sometimes people like myself can come into the company and help you manage your 401k, help you understand what it's invested in and look at, you know, what is it performing the way you need it to perform? Should we make some adjustments? Do you still feel the same way about investing as you did when you first started? So those are options as well that us financial advisors can offer those folks who are employed who may not have money invested outside of their 401k plan but may need a little help understanding their plan, understanding their investments, and maybe adjusting them as needed. So that's a another a tidbit, another caveat to having a financial advisor on your team is they can look at what you got going on at work. And the other thing is the qualities. You know, we talked about why people DIY. You know, uh, they don't trust them, may not be affordable. They want to save money. They may want to be hands on. You know, um, the, the trust requires a level of vulnerability. They may not want to be there yet. But when you're looking for someone to work with, the, and, and these are just my suggestions, just from my experience as a woman who had to look for one and really wanted somebody that wouldn't judge me. Because by the time I was able to embrace this, I was much older. 
I had made so many financial mistakes and I didn't want anyone to talk over my head. I didn't want anyone to make me feel less than and feel ashamed. I didn't want anyone to judge me. So the qualities maybe of a financial advisor that you should think about is someone that's focused on your values. You know, if if you're an ESG investor, if you're socially responsible investing, if that's your thing, um, then find someone that can can offer that to you, that will embrace those. If stability, security, and getting out of debt is important to you, then interview advisors and find one that, you know, is, is in line with those values that you may have. So that's the that's the first thing is looking at the quality of the advisor. Do they embrace your values? Do they turn turn their nose up? You know, some people say, you know, I want to live a debt free life. And some advisors are like, oh, no, that's impossible. Some advisors force debt freedom on their clients. You, you know, eat to each his own. What are what are your values? And if those are your values, does your advisor respect your values? Will they help you plan to those values? That's very important. Is your advisor someone with integrity? Do they do what they say they're going to do? You know, if they say they're going to communicate with you, do they? Are they responsive? Are they communicative? Do they talk over your head? Do they summarize with emails that are easy to read and understand? Those are things that maybe you want to look at when you're seeking a financial advisor. Do you have synergy with them? You know, do you feel comfortable around them? Because like I said, finances and and financial planning is like disrobing. Would you be comfortable disrobing your financial situation in front of this person and not feeling shame and judged and condemned? That's something you need to think about. Is the person solution focused? Is it all about them or is it all about you? You can tell when someone is focused only on them as opposed to you. If you get that energy, then that may not be the person for you. So those are just little tips that I'd like to throw in for you to think about if you decide to move from being a DIYer to someone that hires an advisor to be a part of their team. Um, I'm biased, right? And I, you know, I could sit here and say, yes, you need to hire an advisor to be part of your team. And and I think it's a great idea, but I also think that's different stages at different times in your life, and it may not be for everyone. So I hope that I've given you a good information for you to evaluate, you know, being a DIYer versus not. I hope that you can take this information and look at your financial situation and decide for yourself if you want to get help. If you want to get help and you want to get someone that will be on your team, then give me a call. You can contact me. You can email me. Um, you can call me at my office or email me and it'll be my email information will be in the show notes. My phone number will be in the show notes and you can give us a call and we can talk and see if there's synergy. You know, because sometimes there are clients that are people I meet that I say, well, I'm not the best advisor for you. And I'll be very honest as to whether or not you should be a DIYer or maybe you should get someone else or maybe I can help. 
So, you know, we can have that conversation to determine what's best for you. Because at the end of the day, I work for you. It is your money and you have a right to see and understand everything that we would do together. It is extremely important for me that my clients have a level of uh, visibility, access, comfortability, and communication. Those are extremely, uh, those things are extremely important to me. So I hope you found value in today's podcast. Listen, decide what works best for you and make the choice. And you can start with one and switch to the other or do whatever you like. But those are the options that are out there for you. Either way we look at it, I really want you to start working on your finances. I need you to start developing a financial plan, whether you do it yourself or whether you get someone to help you. But it is imperative that you begin the planning process so that you can live the life that you deserve. You worked hard to to bust your butt and to invest your money and save for retirement. You need to make sure that you have a plan so that you can live the life that you truly deserve. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk next week. Bye.